And we're back with an episode of the MDM Podcast. Joe Morales going solo today. Trevor is out at a high school football game, so good luck to his team, whoever they're playing on the Saturday afternoon. But we are 20 hours away from Mike White Sunday, New York Jets football against Buffalo Bills. We'll get into the Odell stuff, some Yankees and Mets rumors. We'll touch on the Knicks and the Nets at the end. And, of course, our Week 10 NFL picks. We'll touch on all that as the show progresses. But I'm Joe Morales, and I'm going solo today, and... Trevor's out watching his high school football team. And I wish I could be saying the same thing right now. We lost last week. Um, you know, a program that for years, consistently, and I mean every year, consistently went 11-1. and A couple championships here and there. You know, just before I was ushered in there. But not this year. 6-3 this year out in the first round. Not, not, not terrible. Not where you want to be there. But Trevor's team... Made another week, and they're playing right now in this bad weather today for New Jersey. You know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, Trevor will be out. He's going to miss what we're doing here today. And I figure we start with Mike White because, like I said, we're just about 20 out from when I'm recording this, about 20 hours out from New York Jet football. And maybe I'm the only one. I listen to a lot of sports radio in New York area, and I seem to be the only one that despises this Mike White talk. I am sick and tired of hearing about this guy. Mike White, in his career, or excuse me, as a New York Jet, in his New York Jets career, has played five quarters and has already been anointed by people as the second coming. Mike White apparently is a diamond in the rough quarterback, and the New York Jets' problems are all but solved now. I am sick and tired of this narrative. Because it is simply too early to tell what Mike White is. I don't know how anyone, unless you have some sort of time machine, anyone can make a definitive statement like that, that Mike White is the answer. I have no idea how you do that. There have been plenty of backup quarterbacks to shine in one game. Plenty of them. But the majority of the time, they turn out to be nothing. They turn out to be... Backup quarterbacks. So, I mean, a five NFL quarters. Let's hit the brakes, please. We need to calm down and wait for this guy to have sustained success. If he goes out there and plays well against Buffalo Bills, on Monday with Trevor, I will come on here. I will, I will have a completely different attitude. But right now, one game against the Cincinnati Bengals and one quarter against the excuse me, Indianapolis Colts. I am not ready to say Mike White is the answer at quarterback and completely forget about Zach Wilson. How have we forgotten about Zach Wilson? He was taken second overall. That guy is supposed to be the answer. Now, if, if Mike White is the answer, obviously you forget about Zach Wilson. But how could you do that right now? He's injured. And frankly, if I was in charge, which thankfully I'm not, if Zach Wilson's healthy, he should be playing. That's all there is to it. He is your future quarterback. He was taken with the second overall pick. By not playing, all you're doing is delaying his growth. How's he supposed to learn? How's he supposed to be an NFL quarterback? How's he supposed to pick up an NFL blitz by sitting on the sidelines and watching a backup quarterback play? It's not like he was taken 16th overall or 20th overall. 
When you're taken second, you play from the start. And I ask you, find me one quarterback taken number one or two that sat the year. And don't give me Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers sat behind a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback who was still good. That is not Mike White. I'm sorry. And some of this stuff coming out of Florham Park from Jeff Olbert, the defensive coordinator, it's, it's nothing short of propaganda. This guy has the guts to give an interview, have a press conference, and talk about how his 85 Bears defense hasn't seen anything like this from a quarterback in practice. Hey, Jeff, your defense sucks. Maybe that's why he looks great. Put me in the red jersey. I torch this defense right now. This is the same defense that, like, Carson Wentz, who was written off by everybody, runs circles around you. For Jeff Olbrick to say that, that's laughable. To spew that BS to people, especially your fans, who unfortunately have been brainwashed into thinking that Mike White is the future at their five NFL quarters. And I seem to be the only person who seems to have enough of it. Turn on sports radio right now. How great Mike White is you'll hear. Am I the only one not still, you know, I want to wait and see on Mike White a little bit? It seems like I am. And if I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong. There are lots of things, things I've been wrong about. Specifically the Giants last year. Don't get me into that, though. If I'm wrong on Mike White, and he goes out there and he torches the Buffalo Bills defense this week, it's unlikely. But if he does, I will, I'll own up to it. I will. But at the five NFL quarters, I cannot say that Mike White definitively is a Jet starter and future quarterback. I mean, come on now. Let's not get ahead of ourselves so quickly. Don't forget about Zach Wilson. This guy's still here. He is. Don't forget about him. He was taken second overall. And if you that easily are ready to give up on him that quickly because of five NFL quarters by Mike White, why do you even watch football? Why do you even do it? If Mike White does good, though, the question is going to rise if the Jets, or excuse me, the question is going to rise if the Jets get blown out by Buffalo. Will Mike White keep his job? Now, the people who have Mike White on the tip of their tongues and that Mike White's next Tom Brady because he's sat behind Drew Bledsoe and Zach, whatever, whatever the comparison was, I give up on half these things that they say. If the Jets get blown out, Mike White plays terribly. Will Mike White keep his job? And the people that, like I mentioned, that make those comparisons have been brainwashed into thinking that, yes, Mike White should keep his job. Now, all things aside, if Zach Wilson is still hurt and there's no other option to start, then yes, Mike White should start. And in no circumstance should they rush Zach Wilson back, make sure he's fully healthy. But if Zach Wilson is fully healthy, there is no reason why he should not be playing. And I, I also hope that that's there this week. He's listening to the injury report, and there's nothing you can do about that. If Zach Wilson was healthy this week, he should be playing also. 
because you are now missing out on key developmental growth time for Zach Wilson. And they will rue the day when the Jets team as a whole, not the quarterback, the team around him is ready to go. And Zach Wilson will still be learning because they kept Mike White in for the remainder of the 2021 season. And we go, oh, how could you do that? How could you not let Wilson play? He was the future. We let, we got we got brainwashed with this Mike White stuff. I'm telling you, give it two years. Give it two years. That's exactly what's going to happen. But I will say Mike LaFleur's offense has looked very good under White and Johnson. So by that logic, I figure if you put Wilson back in there with the— because it's looked different. Let's call it this. LaFleur's play calling has been much different since he went up and got in the booth. You see a lot more guys in motion. It's not a boring offense. I'm not trying to do too much. They take the open receivers. That's worked for now two quarterbacks in one season. That's worked for White and it's worked for Johnson. That's another thing that gets me excited for Zach Wilson coming back if I'm a Jets fan. How can Jack how can Zach Wilson play with a newer style of offense by Mike LaFleur? I mean, the, the, that idea right there should excite every Jet fan. But unfortunately, the talk of the town right now is Mike White. And again, if I'm wrong on Mike White, let me hear it. Because I will own up to it. And I will accept that Mike White will be a better player. But as of right now, it is still way too early to tell. So if I'm a Jet fan, I'm excited to see how Wilson does on the floor's new offense. And, you know, maybe after all this injury, it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe it's good he gets to sit behind a thriving offense and take it all in. But like I said, when Wilson is ready, I feel they could put him back in there and he'll play well under the new offense. The only thing that'll be tough, and I'm going to defend Mike White here, is if you get another start like you do against, not a start, but another game like you do against Indianapolis, where the offense does put up 30 points and look very good, but the defense is giving up 45 or more points, that puts Mike White in a tough spot because then it's the defense's fault for losing. And that's the end, at the end of the day, you lose. But if you get another game like you do against Indianapolis, in no way should Mike White be blamed for it. And I read Olberg before, his defense has to get better. Because for a, a struggling team with the Jets who are, you know, in this rebuilding mode or whatnot, if you put up 30 points, you need to win. The defense needs to be competent. Over the last three games against Cleveland, against, excuse me, against Cincinnati, against New England, and against Indianapolis, they have been anything but that. They have given up 30-plus points in those three games. Up over 100 points in the last three games. I mean, I'm a scientist. That is not the way you win football games. It makes it almost impossible. But the Jets are... 13-point home dogs against the Buffalo Bills. I do have this game in my picks, which we will get to in just a few minutes. But that's a deal for Wilson and Mike White. 
maybe I'm wrong on the Mike White hype. And like I said, if I'm wrong, I will I will 100% own up to it. I just have not seen enough playing time from Mike White that he is the next guy, that he is the next future, or not, not future, the next great jet, jet quarterback. Play well tomorrow, I will have a completely different attitude on Monday with Trevor. And by the way, if you cannot tell, I'm very congested, so I don't sound normal. At least in my opinion, I don't sound too normal. I'm stiffling over here. But the show goes on, and I, I you know, was able to yell at Jeff Olberg a little bit. That's what I got in the Jets. Like I said, they're 13-point home dogs against Buffalo. I picked this game. We'll, I'll, I'll give you my picks after I touch on the Odell stuff real quick. And as I was prepping for the Odell stuff, the Robert Woods news did not come out. And if you didn't know, Robert Woods did tear his ACL in practice, which is terrible because Robert Woods has been having a breakout year. Um, playing second field in the Cooper Cup, he's been brilliant. So now losing him obviously puts a hole in the Rams offense. But maybe it doesn't. And I saw NFL Update tweeted out, Odell went from a luxury to a necessity now. Because the Rams needed that number two receiver. And Odell could be just that. When Odell finds his way to the Rams, he could have chose between the Pats or the Packers, but he felt the best way to win and the easiest way to win was go to Los Angeles. So good for him on that. I was holding out hope that he went to the Raiders just because that locker room is already a mess of which after what happened to Gruden, what's going on with Ruggs and Arnett, throwing Odell in that locker room would have made for some great reality TV show. But he does choose the Rams. And like I said, he chose the place that is the closest to winning a championship. Now, I do have my doubts about the Rams. They did lose to the Cardinals back in week four, but now the Rams have also added Von Miller and Odell, so they do look a lot better. But Arizona, to me, is... One of the better all-around teams in the league this year. And even without Kyler Murray, and even without DeAndre Hopkins, which it looks like they'll miss this year, or excuse me, this week, they took good care of San Francisco last week. And of course, our old friend Colt McCoy played well in uh, Kyler Murray's absence. And this week, they host the Carolina Panthers, which them and themselves are a team in total free fall right now. The Darnold experiment has not worked. That's one of the things I was wrong on. There you go. I was wrong on the San Darnold thing. At 3-0, I was, I was throwing up pom-poms for Sam Darnold and, Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. That has gone miserably long, wrong, and Sam Darnold seems to be done as an NFL quarterback, or NFL starter for that matter. But they are a team in total free fall. P.J. Walker got to start this week. Cam Newton is back in town with Carolina, so I guess he'll, he won't start this week. Maybe he'll go next week. He's got to learn that whole new playbook because, remember, it's not Ron Rivera anymore. But... It seems like another win. It seems like the, the Cardinals are going to be 9-1. But Arizona is obviously the biggest threat to the Rams. We all know that. Their defense um, looks a lot better. But for the Rams, adding Odell obviously doesn't make their offense worse. Now they have two good options to, to, to throw to. And I feel this race with Arizona is going to be really fun to watch, especially when Arizona gets all healthy with, with Murray and D-Hop. It's going to be super fun. Now... I don't want to get too off track with uh, the Rams and Cardinals because, I mean, New York show no one really cares about that. But Cam Akers did tease a little comeback towards the end of the year. So the Rams' run game could get a lot better. But yeah, that race in the NFC West, which is now separated by only a game, is going to be very... Now, both are going, they're both going to the playoffs. But that race for a home playoff game 
is going to be super fun as we get down the stretch towards the end of the year. Now, I know they play one more time on a pull-up. It's going to be in Los Angeles, I believe. Uh, no, sorry, it'll be in that will be in Arizona. December twenty third is an is an ESPN Monday Night Football game. There you have it. The Monday Night Football game between very two very good teams. That's a fun game. But this race going down the stretch is gonna be very very fun. So that's what I got on the football. Um, I mentioned I want to do a little bit on baseball because the Yankees and Mets have both been in the news. And with the Mets, a piece came out from the Athletic that. They are still eyeing David Stearns next year, and I mean, at some point, they're finally coming. On, uh, they're finally, you know, doing what I've been telling them to do. At this point, that might just be their best option. You know, we're two weeks into the off season. I just let Sandy run it for one more year, then get the guy they've been eyeing for the past two years. And it's not a guarantee that he comes here, but he does have family in Manhattan. That's all I've talked about. He did grow up in New York, and he'll certainly have more payroll flexibility than he has in Milwaukee. And because I just feel Sandy will be your best option. Because we're what? Two weeks into the offseason now? It's a little late to you know start interviewing general managers and president of baseball operations at this point. Now, that's totally on the Mets. That I'm not, you know, I don't feel bad for him Fitz. They had a month and a half to do it. And they, no one wants a job, unfortunately. No one wants a job. No one wants to deal with Sandy because Sandy is going to linger around and the guy doesn't know how to get out of the job. And Steve Cohen seems to be a mess. Maybe it's the players in the locker room too. That's only a that's only a guess, but you, know, you can only imagine at this point why they don't have a general manager. Where's the president of baseball operations? We're two weeks into the offseason now and they don't have anybody. So I feel one more year of Sandy is better off than two to three miserable years with some random general manager, president of baseball operations that you are simply not comfortable with. And I say that because the Mets have been, uh, his name's right here. They were interviewing uh, Adam uh, Cromie, who was a former assistant GM for the Nationals. And when asked about him, their current GM, Mike Rizzo, basically said he was average. Usually, if they're ever if, if GMs are ever asked about their assistance, they'll at least BS it and give him some credit. Rizzo didn't even do that. So I think it's it'd be a mistake to hire someone who isn't even respected in the industry. I mean, that'd be a colossal mistake. And here we are, two weeks into the offseason. And baseball decisions are being made by someone inside that building. I, I'm not sure who. Who could it, it? I know it's probably Sandy, but there's no job titles. Can I walk into City Field, sit down in the chair, and get the job? Who is making baseball decisions right now? No one's got the job. And when you hear beer reporters scroll rumors that the Mets are in on Brian or whoever it is, I'm just like, how? Who's making the decisions? Who inside the Mets brass says, wow, we're really interested in Bryant? Who's saying that? There's no general manager. This should have been done weeks ago. Qualifying offers were given out to the King of Queens, Michael Conforto, and Noah Syndergaard. What if the new general manager doesn't want these guys? Then what do you do? Again, Sandy cannot get out of the way. And I feel that is the reason why... There's no general manager right now. 
Sandy Olsen has a tough time giving up on it. Giving up the job. Sandy, you gotta step aside, buddy. You gotta step aside. Because at this point, it's simply not working with him. And it hasn't worked. For the last, in his first tenure, he got the one World Series, didn't win it. And then a year now, one of the biggest failures of a team I've seen in a while with the Mets being first place in July and, and win 72 games. But who's making decisions? How, how at this point, how do they sleep at night? It's like having no money in your bank account. How do you live like that? Go do something to help yourself. At least just name Sandy the GM and president or whatever it is and go about your offseason. Don't keep doing this. You're, you're just doing circles. I have no problem with them eyeing David Stearns next year. I think it's actually the right decision is to keep Sandy and let Stearns come next year. That is the right decision. Don't hire some scrummy assistant general manager who isn't respected in the industry. One more year of Sandy or three years of a non-respected GM. You choose. And this is all because of the Mets' incompetence. I do not feel bad for them because of this. I have no idea how they sleep at night. But here we are. The offseason is in full swing. Players can be signed right now. New York Mets still sleeping. Someone will wake him up. Smell the coffee, guys. Let's go. Unreal. If I was a Mets fan, I'd be furious right now. I don't know how you are. I don't know how they sleep at night without two major roles not filled on November 13th. Unreal. We're in the middle of November. And they don't have a general manager. Who's going to hire a manager? Who does? Who's going to sign players? Who's making decisions? How do you hire a manager without a general manager? Or a president of baseball operations? How is any work getting done? Did you do work at school when the teacher wasn't there? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? The Mets are a joke. But the other baseball news is Matt Olson and the Yankees. And I mean, I am absolutely ecstatic that these rumors are being thrown around. Because for the first time in a while, the Yankees are rumored into multiple big-name players. And I, I honestly can't remember the last time they, they were in on this many big guys. Now, they're only reports, but Brian Cashman does not seem to be playing around this way. Maybe the pressure from the media got to Hal and Cashman. I mean, you heard on this show, I called for Cashman to be fired. Boo should have been gone. I was very adamant about that. Maybe that made him say, wow, we, we, we got to do something because this era of Yankee baseball is slowly fading from our fingertips. The pressure of the media is finally getting to him. But as for Olsen, whether it's him or Rizzo, they're both clearly better fits than Luke Voigt. And I'm not going to say they're better players, because Luke Voigt is a tremendous player. What he did in 2018 after coming over from the Cardinals, hitting over 300, will always be a, will always be special. But he is a nuisance in the field and is constantly hurt. So with Rizzo and Olsen, we get elite fielding, we get a lefty bat, a great offense. That is one of the flaws of this team, first of all, team defense, but the lack of lefty bats in a, in a place like Yankee Stadium, which is built for lefties. How you have eight of the nine guys and the one lefty being Brett Gardner, how you get away with that, I have no idea. But with a trade for Gallo, 
Hicks is a switch hitter. And then getting Rizzo and now Olsen. The lefties are finally, you know, so we're starting to get there with lefties. That's what they have to do. Now, Olsen is the better player and happens to be cheaper, which is why I think they end up with him over Rizzo because they also want a pitcher and maybe a center fielder. So they might go with the inexpensive route, but the prospect capital will be hefty. First off, I think Voight will be in the deal because they're not keeping Voight. They don't need two first basemen. Voight in any number of top prospects. It's not my money. It's not my players. I don't care. But a lefty first baseman is a necessity. The only guy I'd say is off limits is Jason Dominguez. I mean, you're talking Volpe. You're talking Peraza. Send them all out. I am at the point in this Yankees era where the prospects mean nothing to me. Five years into this Yankee era, not a World Series to show for it. At some point, we have to go out and make the big trade. We have to send out the prospects. Because like I said before, this Yankee era is slowly fading away. And as for also baseball, Scott Boris is in the, is in the news. Like he always is in the beginning of... Uh, Every offseason. And normally when he has these pressures to start the offseason, he normally just craps on the sport and says how broken it is and we need all these new things and whatever, blah, 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 garbage, whatever it is. But this year, instead of doing that, he made up some names for Michael Conforto and told us that why Garrett Cole had a 6-plus ERA down the stretch of the season. One of them is more believable than others. And I'll let you guess. Calling Michael Conforto the king of Queens or Garrett Cole had a 6-plus ERA? He called Michael Conforto the King of Queens, and I think it's a perfect nickname for a 232 hitter. He's obviously the King of the Mets. Boris is seen as one of the best agents in sports, and I guess this is how he builds up his clients. But Michael Conforto this year, and you can ask any Met fan this, was simply a walking strikeout. To call him the King of Queens is moronic, and it makes Boris look moronic. Now, he also blamed Cole's struggles on a lingering hamstring injury, which was mentioned a few times down the stretch of this year by Boone. I don't expect Boone to come out and say he's injured then play him, because obviously that would raise some eyes. That wouldn't be right. But I totally understand how he's injured. It is not like Garrett Cole to have a 6-plus ERA over the last two months of the season and then get blown up in Fenway Park the way he did. One of these things is more believable than the other. Can you figure out which one? Michael Conforto is the king of queens. How about that? Michael Conforto this year. Like I said, 232. The guy has the nerve to turn down that qualifying offer, which would overpay him $19 million after what he did last year. I understand he's a Boris guy, but I mean, that takes balls to turn down an offer like that. Again, I don't know who's making the decisions for the Mets. I don't know who decided to give Michael Conforto the qualifying offer. I don't know who could possibly have a general manager who could do it. But... The Mets did hand out general uh, qualifying offer. How Michael Conforto didn't accept it, I have no idea. Michael Conforto was, you could argue, the reason why the Mets struggled on offense this year. Whenever he was up in a big spot, got nothing done. That or he walked with no one on base. I mean, a lot of the Mets' struggles come from Michael Conforto this year. And that's not, that, that, that's not me saying anything crazy. Him and Lindor were the two worst players in the Mets' offense this year. At times, McCann, the one guy that never stopped was Davis, and he was on the bench for half the year. 
That's why Rowas is out. But King Queens is laughable. But for the Garrett Cole one, that's a little more believable. I don't expect Aaron Boone to come out and say he's injured because, like I said, that would be a terrible look that you keep playing. And good for Garrett Cole to fight through this stuff. I mean, he's, he's, he's an iron horse, works through injuries. But if Aaron Boone came out and said before that wildcard game, hey, Garrett Cole is hurt, how do you think people would have responded? Would they have said, let's not start Garrett Cole? Because, I mean, with Garrett Cole on one hamstring, is probably better than what you're going to get from a Jamison Tyone or a Jordan Montgomery. Even with the bad hamstring, he was the guy you had. To, you could not start Garrett Cole. Or you, you, excuse me, you, you couldn't start Garrett Cole. You know what I'm saying. I can't get the word out. He had to start is what I'm saying. He had to start. So the fact that he did with the hamstring injury props to him. And now he's getting off season two to heal it up. And I don't want to say he's been disappointing over his first two years as a Yankee. I mean, in a big spot, I would like to see Garrett Cole perform. Live up to that contract. Without sticky stuff or not, we got to figure something out. We got to channel those inner Houston days. The reason you're here is because those days in Houston. We need those Houston days. We'll have a Yankee Met preview show uh, in just a few weeks. I know we're coming up on December. We'll get that out very soon. That's on the baseball. As for the Knicks and the Nets, we'll start with the Knicks because more people care about them. They are struggling as of late. They did fall to Charlotte last night in a game where they were up 15 in the second quarter and still ended up losing. I don't know how that happens. I mean, if you beat a team like Charlotte. Now, I like Charlotte. They're a very young, exciting team. And by the way, if, if you're a Knicks fan, let me know. Do you hate Miles Bridges yet? And after what he was doing staring down the Knicks bench, that would not sit well with me if I was a Knicks fan. Let me know how you feel about that. But it sounds like Thibodeau's getting into some arguments with players at the press conferences the other night. And here's the deal. Get it right. Don't fight. Go on a streak. All right? This Knicks team is pl- is playing worse than they are. At 7-5 through 12 games, they should be better. As for the Nets, though, Joe Harris has seemed to turn the page, as is Harden. Harden's averaging a triple-double now. Which, I mean, if you told me that in the first three games of the season, I would be like, wow, he really turned things around, which he has. They are now the two-seed behind Milwaukee. Who I are really, really strong in Milwaukee. I mean, they fell to Boston last night in overtime. Milwaukee is now 6-7 and seven on the year on the outside looking in. The Nets have a golden opportunity here to jump atop the East. Only got to jump the Wizards now, and I believe the Wizards are playing a little over their heads. I think they're a good team, but the Nets are obviously better than them. The Nets have a golden opportunity here to jump over the Wizards, get atop the Eastern Conference, and hold that spot the rest of the year. Because what? The Bucks are now four games back. That is a good lead to have earlier in the year. Get the spot, grab it early, and don't look back. That's that's And now my Week 10 NFL picks. Like I said, I was picking the Bills and Jets game. Give me the Bills minus 13 against the Jets. This seems like a game that Josh Allen is just going to run... Circles around the Jet defense, like I said, is going up north of 100 points over the last three games. So minus 13 is very good for me. So give me minus 13. 
Rams minus three and a half at the Niners. Now, this line has moved because of the news about Robert Woods and the uncertainty of Odell playing this week. I still like the Rams a lot. Now, the Niners fell to the Cardinals last week with Colt McCoy and no DeAndre Hopkins. So, I think the Rams will take care of him pretty easily. So, I'll take the Rams minus three and a half. And this one might surprise people. I'll take the Falcons plus seven and a half at Dallas. Now, I'm expe- I was expecting Dallas to come back down there because, one, number one, Mike McCarthy is not a, a good NFL coach in today's game. And with the way they played last week against the Broncos and with the way the Falcons have been playing as of late, now I believe they're holding a playoff spot, right? Yes, they are. They're in the seventh year right now. At 4-4, four and four, playing much better than they should be. Atlanta is a hot team right now. Cordell Patterson has been a great story this year. They're doing this all without Calvin Ridley. And a run game. So I will take the Falcons plus 7.5. I don't know if they're going to win. But I like the cover there. Plus 7.5. Now me and Trevor will be back on Monday. We'll break down the Jet game against Buffalo. Any new Yankee or Met rumors. The Knicks and Nets. A little bit of hockey. So we'll see you guys on Monday. I'm Joe Morales. This has been the MDM Podcast.